made it to a brand new edition of Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby, looking yes. confident and ready to go tame some wild hogs up in Fayetteville. I'm Brad Law, and we thank you for watching and subscribing to the War Damn Pods channel on YouTube. Zach, press conference day is now interesting. It's something that we look forward to. You can get information from it. And sure. I thought we got some interesting information today from Hugh Freeze. I think so. I think he touched on a few things. Um, the play calling, the fact that he made sure we all knew he was involved with the play calling. Um, also kind of talked about the knack that he has on third down, which I thought was shoot your shot, Hugh. I love that. That's great. And then the aspect of talking about quarterbacks and didn't mention Robbie. I mean, that was interesting. So, yeah, I think I think there were a lot. The, the biggest thing, and I mean, we, we've talked about it before and over and over and over again, but it, it is the play calling. And it certainly seems like he is more involved in the call sheet that he mentioned, in, in, in the flow of the game, and all general aspects of the offense. And to me, I think that's good. I think that's good for the program. Well, I mean, that one of the two reasons that you hired Hugh Freeze was offense play calling. It was, was offensive expertise. Uh, the other was recruiting. And so, you know, we know on the recruiting front things are going well. And offensively, the reason why they weren't seems to be because he was putting all of his time toward recruiting. And so now that is obviously changed. I love that he was asked just directly, hey, did you call any plays Saturday? And again, without decoding the answer, we got, yeah, some of them. Mm -hmm. And he was involved in what I thought it was interesting that he mentioned he is involved in what's not on the call sheet. So we can't do that. We're not going to call it. We're not going to try to run that in the game because we don't do it well. And then that way, whether he's calling the play on first and 10 at the at the 30 yeah. or he's calling the play on second and goal from the six, he's approved everything that will be called at the very least. And whether that was happening at the beginning of the season, I don't know, but we know that that's happening now. Well, I, I mean, I think we kind of I think he's kind of hinted that it wasn't happening. Right. right? And, and we talked about and he talked about. You know, guys not being on the same page and there being a disconnect. And now uh, it seems like things are moving better, right? He he talked about the fact that they've got to catch the football. He said seven drops. Auburn officially on, on their stat cast and then PFF, they both charted Auburn with five. It was a different group of five receivers, but he's counting seven. I'm assuming they're counting that Camden Brown 50-50 ball, and I, I don't know what the other one would have been, but so I think that's pretty telling, right? Is he he's still continuing to expect more from this mm -hmm. wide receiver room. And the reality is this wide receiver room is what it is up until this point. And something you said, and I've seen a lot of other people say it, and I, I don't think you're wrong, but I do think the semantics of it are important about how Hugh Freeze was brought here to call plays and to run the offense. I've, I've heard that all season. Yeah. And, and, and I get where you're coming from. And, and once again, it's not wrong because that's a strength but i do think the semantics part of it matters Hugh freeze was brought in to build this program and the way mm -hmm. he saw fit was for him to focus on recruiting which of course is the other aspect of what you just mentioned and i think he made an error 
with giving too much to Philip Montgomery and being not involved enough. I think he made an error in the CEO role that he's kind of put himself in that he's not usually done over the yeah. course of his head coaching career. And I think he learned from it. I think, I think, and I don't think this will happen again moving forward, but I certainly could be wrong. But that was, that to me was the biggest thing was talking about play calling. What was your biggest takeaway from the presser? I, I thought it was interesting that uh, he mentioned Holden Garner by name. Well, first at, at the beginning of the presser, you know, he singled out the fact they'd won a couple of games in a row in the conference now. And uh, he mentioned Jarquez Hunter by name. And sure. he mentioned Peyton Thorne by name. And he mentioned how well those guys have played, particularly in the last two weeks. Now, Jarquez, it's been more like three. I mean, the last three games, Jarquez averaged over 130 yards a game. He's been fantastic. It's pretty good. Uh, but these last two are wins, and so they get a little more uh, a little more attention. Mm-hmm. But, but calling out Peyton, and then later he was asked about uh, quarterbacks and about uh, – I have to go back and then read – and find the question again, but he then came back after he answered about Peyton and him taking really all of the snaps offensively. And then by name, he mentioned Holden Garner and talked about the week that he had in practice and how he thinks that he has a very bright future. And that was the quote. Um, I We could try to read into it, because let, let, let's yeah let's all right I think he I think he's recruiting Holden to stay okay I think that's what that means hey Holden don't transfer yeah. hold on hold on Holden I I think that's what he's saying is he sending a message to Robbie that, publicly other, yeah yeah that's what everybody goes to and I think in my mind ninety percent of people who hear the comment who hear the answer to the question they're immediately going to think. Well, what's he saying about Robbie? Because he didn't mention him at all. Right. Right. Would he do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Would he do that? Would he? So here's what, I, here's what I don't think. I don't think he would do it publicly without doing it privately also. Sure. I think he's smart enough to know that by... Sort it, it's like conspicuous by his absence, right? The the absence of mentioning Robbie makes it much more visible. So he mm-hmm. knows how people are going to react to it. I, I have no doubt that I again I just don't think he does it publicly without also doing it privately. I mean, we've heard that the, there's been no um, uh, there's been no coding or translating of messages to the players. He's very direct with his players, right? And earlier this year, in, in naming Peyton the starting quarterback, he said Robbie's response to this is going to be important for him and for the team. So I think you're 2.0 there. I mean, I think we are at the beginning of November where we were in the middle of August. In that, only in that, Robbie's response, his 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 attitude now that he's not played virtually in, in a couple of games, didn't play it all Saturday and only two snaps against Mississippi State, will dictate to a degree how much he has the opportunity to play over these last three games. Yeah, it's just so interesting, the timing of it, because an Ole Miss, against Ole Miss, he played a ton and was mm-hmm. given whole drives. He technically started, and he was given entire drives, and it's just it's interesting how it almost like ramped up, and then now it's, it's like went into free fall. It went from yeah. two two snaps to, to none, but... 
You know, to that to that point, another question that that Hugh Freeds was asked uh, was about number of passes in a game. Sure. Essentially asking, you know, did Peyton just need to pass the ball more than 25 times a game in order to be most comfortable? And he kind of shot that down quickly. He said, no, not really. And if you look over the country, teams are successful going 12 of 19 and uh, that he's never had a conversation about a certain number of, of passes. So, again, we're not there at the practices, at, at all of the practices anyway. And, um, you know, setting protections and making right decisions and all of that matters. And against these last two opponents, the offense has looked awfully good. It's back to the point you made in the reaction show Sunday. Why would you change? You don't change it just to get somebody a certain number of snaps. Sure. Unless they can elevate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I'm not touching the quarterback position because I think Peyton has been solid. I don't think he's been great, but I think he's been solid. I think the last two games looks like the Peyton Thorne I thought Auburn would get from game one. And I don't know if it's because he missed spring and it took longer to acclimate. Yeah. Or if they, I don't know, it could have been a bunch of things. This could have been all the things that we've talked about all season. So, yeah. But I think the offense looks kind of like what we thought it would over the last two weeks. And that could be because they're playing lesser competition. It could be because they finally felt comfortable doing tempo based off of who they were playing and maybe, you know, the experience in the offense. I don't know. A lot of variables that go into it. But this is kind of what we thought Peyton Thorne would be. Yeah. And if he continues to do that, now the question is, is it good enough to win two or three more games this season. I mean, that's that's the big question. I think it's good enough to win two. Uh-huh. I don't think it's good enough to win three. And if Auburn goes two and one in their final three games and they beat Arkansas and they beat New Mexico State and they drop the Iron Bowl, I think we're fine. Like I think yeah. that's good enough for this start of the Hugh Freeze era. I love this idea. I was thinking about this earlier today of um, a view from an airplane, not at full altitude, but you know, you're getting ready to land, you're coming in, you can kind of see what the terrain looks like. And it's a very different view than if you're on the ground, right? Trees don't look as tall when you're way above them as, as opposed to when you're looking up at them from the ground. And so far it has held that what is supposed to happen, what was supposed to happen has happened. Yeah. Saturday, believe it or not, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, there's an opportunity to change that story. Because at least on paper, at least in Vegas, at least everywhere else where sports wagering is legal, Arkansas is supposed to win this game. Even with a new offensive, with with an interim offensive coordinator who has coordinated one game in his life. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. They're a three-point favorite in this game. Yeah. So can yeah. Auburn can Auburn break the narrative and do what it hasn't done yet this year and for the first time win a game that it's not technically supposed to win? Yeah, six-and-a-half-point line as far – sorry, six-and-a-half wins is what Auburn was listed at. Yeah. And Saturday pretty much decides that, assuming you think New Mexico State is a is an automatic dub, which, which I do. But mm-hmm. all these lines – it's got me thinking like my, my AG is where I'm going to go to take care of these lines. Cause I think Auburn, um, Auburn money line for me yeah. on my bookie right now is where my focus is. I, I don't think Arkansas should be favored by two and a half, three points. I think yeah. this is a true push 
So give me the Auburn money line um, on mybookie.ag. Right now, you can head over to mybookie.ag, make a free account. And right now, they've got a special. If you use promo code next round, next round, use the promo code, you can get um, what, a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000, which yeah. is insane. That's so a lot go, of. That's yeah, a lot of so, free money. Yeah, you can get 500 bucks just like that. So head over to mybookie.ag right now and use that promo code next round. Hugh Freeze talked about in his presser that this Arkansas offense is a little tricky to prepare for because it's a new offensive coordinator, and you can only look at what they've done earlier in the season so much, mm-hmm. which I said last week, and I don't know if it's on this show or another show, that is like, ah, you can you can't change what you're doing offensively that much yeah. at this point in the season. And I think I may have been wrong on that because Arkansas <laughs> looks so much better. They look yeah. so much better, specifically running the football. And that's something that they haven't been super great at over the course of the season, despite having, you know, KJ Jefferson at quarterback. And so we'll see. We'll see, yeah. you know, which version of that happens. Does a little bit of extra tape on this OC's tendencies across one game, does that help you? I don't know. I don't know, but that's a tough situation that this staff finds themselves in. Uh, getting Rocket Sanders back helps, certainly. Um, yeah. Kenny Guyton is the offensive, is the interim offensive coordinator. You go, well, that name sounds sort of familiar. Why does it sound familiar? Because 10, 11, 12 years ago, he was a quarterback at Ohio State. Um oh. Yep, started a couple of games early 2010s decade, and uh, he has been a receivers coach everywhere that he's been. A little bit of, you know, a little bit of background. He was a receivers coach at Houston in 17 and 18, Louisiana Tech in 19, Colorado State at 20, and then 21 through through current day wide receivers coach at uh, at Arkansas. So uh, he's been exclusively a wide receivers coach, a a college quarterback. You know, got a cup of coffee with the Buffalo Bills, played in some arena league games, and then got into coaching, immediately jumped, jumped in. So you really don't. There's no there's one game for which he's coordinated the offense. And Rocket Sanders was back for uh Arkansas. I think it is interesting that he had his season high carries in this game. So is it a situation not all that dissimilar to last year? when the interim coaching staff took over and they said, hey, we're going to run the doggone football and we're going to run it and we're going to run it and we're going to run it. And might that have been the game plan and might that be a little more of the game plan for Arkansas? I had 18 carries, 103 yards. He averaged over five and a half yards a carry. Um, when you have a Rocket Sanders in your in your backfield, you call plays for him. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it makes a lot of sense for them to do the same thing. Arkansas has been terrible running the ball. They're yeah. averaging less than three and a half yards per carry. And the offensive line has given up over 30 sacks. Imagine how many sacks they would have given up if KJ Jefferson wasn't just a mountain with legs. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think it's a safe bet that they're going to try to build everything on Rocket Sanders in the run game. Yeah, and they should. They should. I yeah. mean, KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, when they're both going, they're hard to stop. That's why so many folks thought so highly of this Arkansas team going into the season. But to me, you look at Auburn's track record this season with mobile quarterbacks, and they've done yeah. pretty well. They've done pretty well. And so we'll see exactly how that translates on Saturday, Brad. But right now, I like Auburn's chances. I really do. I think 
running the ball well against Florida, against a team that certainly looks like they've given up. Um, yeah. Against and then running it against the Auburn team, I think are going to be two totally, totally different things. Yeah. So Com- completely agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So uh, and let's talk a little. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before yeah, before we move on, um, I, as good as Rocket Sanders is. I like 27. I like Jarquez Hunter. And I know they're not, it's not a one on one matchup. Like they're not trying to tackle each other, but I, I like Jarquez against the Arkansas defense more than I like Sanders against the Auburn defense, especially coming off a game where the linebackers, according to Hugh Freeze, played their best game of the season. They were all over the place. They've had two really good games in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about that. Let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little basketball. This will be yeah. the last time. Uh, this will be the last show before Auburn basketball takes the field up in South Dakota. But Brad, first, let's give yeah. some love to the people who deserve some love. It is a Manscaped Monday. Speaking of being deserving of love, right? Have you called Manscaped or have you gone to Manscaped.com yet? Save twenty percent. Plus, get free shipping. Look, uh, guys, it's November, and we promised November was going to be active for for Manscaped. Listen, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It is a ball trimmer sent from space. Just sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working, working day and night to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. So we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. you got to upgrade your grooming game to the ultra-sphere this year. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code VICE. Very important you use the code VICE. High-tech, low prices, Manscaped. Uh, It is, uh, you know, I could talk about a lot of points on this, but I'll just say this. No more wet shaving down there. All right. Count me in. Again, 20% off free shipping with the code VICE at manscaped.com. Get yours today from our friends at Manscaped. A new look Auburn basketball team, Brad. Yeah. Heading up to South Dakota. I don't even know if that's a real place (laughs) to take on the Baylor Bears, a very good Baylor team, a very good defensive team. And this is an Auburn team that you got to assume still getting to know one another, despite looking good in the exhibition game. This is a totally different animal. It's a bear. You're going to fight a bear, a bunch of bears. But I'm excited. I love that, you know, as we record this Monday, you look at the opening night college basketball slate. It's a bunch of boring games outside of like maybe Georgia, Oregon. It's true. And um, USC, Kansas State. Outside of that, it's pretty lame. It's pretty lame. Not for Auburn and Baylor. Nope. Nope. I love that Auburn's playing a tournament team day one. Mm-hmm. Set the tone early. There's no downside if you lose this thing. It's yeah. you learn who you are as a team. And boy, if you pull it off, Brad, if you pull off this uh season opening win against Baylor at a neutral site, everybody in college basketball will be paying attention to you. You you mentioned boring games on the Monday schedule. Not a lot better on the Tuesday schedule by far. I mean, yeah. by far, Auburn plays the most compelling game. That's why it's on ESPN, and that's what Bruce Pearl wanted. He told us last week, he said, the reason you play this team in this place, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in a venue of about 3,000 people, is so you can get the ESPN slot. 
they say, yeah. we'll put you on ESPN at eight o'clock central. If, uh, if you'll agree to go play here and yeah, that's, that's the head coach saying, yep, that's exactly what we'll do. A couple of really talented freshmen, Aiden Holloway. We think he's going to go, uh, Baylor has Jacoby Walter. He's the big 12 freshman of the year preseason. Mm. And so you got a couple of really dynamic freshmen going at it. Baylor's going to, I think it's going to be a high scoring game and I think it's going to need to be for Auburn because I don't think they are defensively where the coaches want them yet. So it will be an offensive game if if Auburn is going to going to pull the upset. Who's Auburn's leading scorer in the season opener, Brad? I'm going to say Chaney Johnson. I I think Chaney's going to I I'm really excited to see 67220 and a smooth finisher at the rim. I'm excited to see where they get him in mismatches and um, and just to see him finish. I, I think that could be a big part of this, especially if Auburn can make some threes early. If mm-hmm. Auburn can make some threes early and then you open up some driving lanes, and uh, and I'll go with Cheney. Yeah, I'll go with Denver uh, just because that's what we saw. I mean, we saw those two guys be the main yeah. force on offense in the exhibition game, but I'll go with Denver Jones, but I think, I think that's a good pick too. So... Um, awesome. Next time we uh, we record, we'll have basketball to talk about. Yeah. I can't wait. I love I it. I can't wait. But Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It certainly does. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Yeah.